Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today we've got a great revenge story that forces a town to bulldoze an entire new development. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I went no contact with my narcissistic mother over a tea kettle. She tried to ruin my life again, so I ruined hers. I'm 42. To say that I tried for too long is an understatement. I tried the hands-off approach for my 30s and most of the time it worked. However, as I've been learning about my codependency and trying to heal from the trauma that woman has wrought across my life, I've been much more upfront on calling her out on her bullcrap. I was patient, I wouldn't back down anymore, and I'd often find myself feeling absolute pleasure at seeing her flying off in a narcissistic rage over me being able to beat her at her own game. Fun for a while, right? But I realized these talks and texts we had were coming at a price to my mental well-being. Sometimes I admit she'd get me. As a mom, she knew what buttons she could push to really get a rise out of me. I was trying to work on myself and started debating if no contact would be the best choice. That's when it happened. The thing that sent me over the edge was an old tea kettle. Backstory. I moved back to my hometown after my grandmother's health was starting to go downhill to take care of her. As she was a former nursing home CNA, I always promised my nanny I wouldn't ever let her waste away in one of those facilities. But with the move came drawbacks. My once flourishing career was gone, and I was starting over at a smaller facility with much less money. In my mind, it was more than worth the price of being able to take care of my grandmother. However, I would have to move in with my grandmother in her home, and as I've said, my mother is a narc. I wasn't crazy about this idea as I knew my grandmother only had a lifetime estate on the property. My mother would inherit it, and I knew it would be heck. Before that though, I got four more amazing years with the woman who actually loved me and supported me, even through all the pain my mother inflicted upon me. Cue to when my grandmother finally passed. My mom sweeps into the home and starts to lay down rules and what I need to do to stay in her home. Keep in mind I'd done all the upkeep to the house for the last four years. I paid for everything and never asked for her one dang dime of money. I know there's always a price when you ask that woman for help. So instead of bowing down and paying her rent to live in the house she wasn't even going to use, I made plans. I informed her no, that won't be happening and let her know of my plans to move. To say she tried every which way she could to prevent my moving is an understatement. From trying to drum up new things I owed her money for, to dangling the carrot of signing the house into my name, to letting other family members know if they'd helped me move, she'd never forgive them. I was 39. That's how controlling this woman tried to be. However, I just kept my nose down, packed all my things, moved absolutely everything I owned by myself, and took off in a U-Haul not even a month later. After my grandmother had passed, I did try harder in an effort to keep a relationship with my mother. I should have known better, but I told myself, one more time. If she can't play nice, then I'm going to cut this out of my life for good. It didn't take but five months for me to be completely done, Since moving, my aunt made a group chat for us and my mother, mostly to keep up with our day-to-day lives. 
funny memes, just checking up on me and just wanting to know how my new home was. My mother would always say condescending things about my new place, but I would let it slide and remind her that I've been more than happy to live in her home had she not tried to pull what she pulled. That only made her say that I was ungrateful for her having not charged me rent for the years that I lived there taking care of her mother and working full time. Keep in mind, my mother remarried a doctor and took every penny of inheritance my grandfather left me. To say she's rather well off is no exaggeration, she's just that greedy. But back to my story, five months in my mother starts texting the group chat that I took off with items of hers from the house. Upon asking what it was I supposedly took, she launched into a tirade of me never being able to tell the truth and that she'd never forgive me for what I had done. Again, having to push for actual details was hard over a text, so I called. This is where the tea kettle finally comes into play. The call? So I called. She starts launching into me about how I gave an old cast iron tea kettle to my father, her ex-husband. I'm like, what the heck are you even talking about? She explains what she believes that I had while living with my grandmother or after my grandmother died, given my father an old tea kettle from our wood stove. I let her know that there hadn't been a tea kettle on that stove in years and I wasn't aware it was even missing. She had somehow found out that the tea kettle was back in my father's place. Now, if you have a narc in your life, you know how they absolutely adore to twist history to their liking. This tea kettle was in my father's family for generations. I grew up knowing this. My mother simply took it with her in the divorce to hurt my father, as family heirlooms meant a lot to him, so I kept explaining over and over again, I had no idea what she was talking about or how dad even got the tea kettle. After screeching at me for a while, I finally told her that I wasn't entertaining this notion of hers. I would call my father myself to figure out what had happened. She said I better freaking get the tea kettle back or there'd be heck to pay. The truth. So, called my good old dad. Now, my father isn't perfect. He's been pretty dang good to me, especially after all the crap my mother put him and I through together. From using me to emotionally blackmail him and intentionally sabotaging our relationship wherever she could, aka he knows she's a covert narcissist because he was married to her, so when I call him he answers with, Hi, is this about the tea kettle? I laugh and say bingo. He then explains that while my grandmother was alive, she felt bad that my mother had taken the tea kettle from him during the divorce and left it at her home, my grandmother's house. After I moved back in, my father started to come visit us. He always loved my nanny and she adored him as a son-in-law. They reconnected and he helped us a lot while she was still alive. He'd even visit when I wasn't at home sometimes. He said he noticed the tea kettle but never said anything about it to her until she brought it up one day. She told him to please take it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Back. 
She knew it was his and she didn't think my mom even remembered having took it, as she took almost everything from his house when they divorced. He was very grateful, of course, and took back the family tea kettle. Fast forward to years later when my father was talking to a buddy about their divorces and he was admitting that he finally got something back from her, even if it took almost 20 years. They had a laugh, but the friend's now ex-girlfriend was charmed by my mother and told her about the tea kettle being with my father. Boom. She then called him and started calling him a thief and that he knew that the tea kettle was her family's and had never been his. He just called her on her bullcrap and said, well, heck, even if it didn't say my family name on it, possession is nine-tenths of the law, blah, blah, and in no uncertain terms let her know that she would not be getting it back as it was his in the first place. She was livid and of course he was amused as she asked how the heck he got it in the first place. He explained my grandmother having gave it to him, but for some reason she fixated on it being my fault. I had to have been the one to give it back to him. I was the one who gave her family's tea kettle to her ex. Tiring story, isn't it? No unnecessary and draining. Thinking that was when I realized I was done. The emancipation. So having got the full story from my father, I was texting to my aunt and mother in our group chat and telling them. My mother continued to call me a dirty liar and nasty comments in the group chat in front of my aunt. Now, I am the most patient and understanding person. So while I really hate how my mother treated me, I would never call her out in front of anyone. I would always argue and debate behind closed doors and alone, as I didn't want to, number one, bring anyone else into that mess that was her abuse, and number two, she was still my mother and I didn't want to embarrass her in front of anyone. I don't know what it was about this tea kettle that finally broke me, but it was the catalyst. But there were other things that made the tea kettle incident explode. While I had moved, my mother was still intent on having me move back into her home so I could take care of it until I inherited from her one day. Ha, yeah right. So I tested her on this a few weeks before the tea kettle incident. If I wanted to move back, her conditions were that I would only have access to one bedroom. There's three, but she and her husband are hoarders. By the way, his touch in this was allowing me to have access to the communal areas of the house. Isn't that so kind to allow me one bathroom and access to the kitchen and living room? They're a match made in heck. The reason I'd only have access to one bedroom was they miraculously put their home on the market and it was going to be sold. They were going to move from a three-story mansion to a three-bedroom cabin. So that's the reason she couldn't put the house in my name right away. It would have to wait until they bought a new house. They would live in the cabin with me while the new home was being built and their old home sold. It's beyond insane, but this is how her mind works. I then told her no thanks. I'm very happy spending way more money being in a thriving city and having my own home with three bedrooms. However, it struck me. My mother likes to lie a lot, so much so that over the course of the years I was doing the hands-off approach, I would record what she'd say and replay it to myself to remind me that I wasn't insane. Because as I'm sure many of you know, gaslighting is a heck of a drug. The house lie was another provable story. There would be evidence if it was on the market. One of my buddies who grew up with me is a real estate agent. He hates my mother because of how my mother treated his mom, so he gladly helped me look at all the listings from as far back as a year ago. Supposedly, she had put her house up for sale about a month ago. He couldn't find anything about it. It's listed as not for sale anywhere, even as of today's writing. So, boom, more concrete evidence of her lying. I had recorded the conversation with her and her husband without her knowing it. Don't worry, I live in a one-party state. 
because again, nothing comes without terms and conditions and she likes to rewrite history. Back to the future, I had recorded this conversation. I thought, it's about time that I do something different. If I'm thinking about going no contact, I might as well go out in a blazing ball of righteous heckfire, right? While she was attempting to humiliate me in front of my aunt again, I spoke to my aunt in a separate message. I'm sorry if you're going to be upset with me, but this has been 41 years in the making and I'm done. She called me worried and I told her the truth. Finally, I let someone else hear the lies she told me. And in the group chat, I posted the real estate listings and how their home was not listed for sale anywhere. My mother started to go into panic mode and was telling more lies about how it's not up yet because it was so new. I let her know that was a lie too, as it had been quite some time since she said she listed it. My aunt gasped at seeing her floundering for an explanation in the chat. I explained and she let me know no matter what she'd still love me and understood how after years of abuse I had finally had enough. The fallout? So, as a narc usually does, she went on a rampage and started to blacken my name to everyone in our family and in our hometown. Not a big deal. I don't really like my hometown. The few people I keep up with are lifelong pals. They know the private monster my mother can be versus the public persona most people get. But for years it had been building. I had a lot of proof. However, I was trying to allow her to behave and back off. I had not answered her since the night I posted those listings to my aunt's group chat. But I was getting nasty messages from the flying monkeys about what a terrible daughter I am. I finally texted and let her know. Unless she backed down and stopped this campaign against me, I was going to do something to her for how she's poisoning my name and reputation. I knew from reading about narcissists that this was coming, so I prepared. When she didn't stop, and a preacher I had never spoken to contacted me via Facebook to attempt to shame me into talking to her, I saw red. I did it. I went full scorched earth. I made a huge group chat with all of my contacts in my phone, all our family, some of her friends, some of her ex-friends, her husband's family, his kids, many people in our community, the preacher who decided I was a horrible daughter, many who believed her lies. Most of these people had turned their backs on me anyways, so I didn't feel too bad when I sent them all the nasty things she said about them to me, in texts, voicemails, and the phone recordings I had. I didn't realize how much I had saved, all just to keep my own sanity with her gaslighting me and I sent it all. At the end of it, with the story about the house being for sale and the latest lie fest she had concocted shown, my father, who was also in the group chat, took a picture of the kettle. He asked, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In the chat, was this really worth it? Many of these people had also wronged him in the community due to the lies my mother spread about him after their divorce. He and I then left the group chat. The conclusion? Suffice to say that ruffled many feathers of people. Many of them were upset at how my mother had spoken about them. A lot of them blamed me for being a horrible daughter, and some have apologized to me. I don't care about them. I care about the damage I finally inflicted on the woman who hurt me over and over again with no conscience. I landed a blow to the weakest part of herself 
her public persona. Her ego took that hit, and now she can truly be the victim she's always claimed to be. All of this could have been avoided if she didn't lose her god dang mind over an old rusty tea kettle that's worth nothing. Nothing but sentimental value and not even to her. That tea kettle was just a conquest to her, a token of victory over her ex-husband. I went no contact that day. I've also cut off many of the relationships from the people in that chat, even if they apologized. It's not that I don't forgive them, I just don't miss them. Maybe I'm a horrible person for doing what I did, but I can't lie and say it didn't feel good to finally show people what she's really like. I spent so much of my life trying to be the good daughter, that when I finally broke, I broke hard. I hope you don't judge me too harshly for my actions, but if I had to do it over again, I'd pick the same every time. I mean, I don't blame OP one bit. I mean, this just must have been one giant catharsis. Just assembling this full cast of offenders or people who have been previously at least related or afflicted and just unleashing your conscience out there. Our next story is Don't Kill Your Neighbor's Dogs. My crazy, antisocial, elderly aunt lives in the mountains of West Virginia. My aunt is a mean, bitter old woman who was suspected of shooting and killing her ex-husband, but the cops could never pin it on her. Years ago, she bought a small home on some land that borders the land of another family in a small, narrow, isolated, forested mountain valley. The other family had been living there for a long time, and they just wanted to be left alone, like most people who choose to live in a remote mountain location in West Virginia. My aunt bought chickens and started to let them run around, unfenced on her property, and the neighbor's dogs were very interested in those chickens. Those chickens would roam around and go over onto the neighbor's property. One day, without warning, she killed her neighbor's dogs for killing one of her chickens, and only one of the dogs was killed on her property. The other one was shot in the neighbor's front yard. The neighbors had small kids and they loved those dogs. My aunt walked over with a shotgun and told the neighbors they had better never get another chicken-killing dog again, or she would do the same to them too. The neighbors didn't take kindly to her doing that, and her actions with the shotgun, waving it around and threatening them, was over the top. But they didn't call the cops. Knowing that my crazy aunt, who had a reputation for being violent, was unlikely to be arrested, and if she was arrested, she would just quickly be released from jail and be back. So a couple of weeks later, when my aunt went into town, her home's back window was broken, and a bottle of burning oil and gas was thrown into her home. By the time the fire department finally arrived, the home was a complete loss and every dog and possibly ex-husband killing shotgun and firearm my aunt owned, along with all her other worldly possessions, were incinerated. The home was a total loss, along with the chicken coop, etc. The neighbors didn't see nothing, and the sheriff's department couldn't prove anything. My aunt had a long list of enemies. She didn't work, and so was too poor and lazy to have homeowner insurance. So she had to move and her son eventually bought her a cheap, run-down trailer in town. Those of us who knew my aunt figured she got what she deserved. Moral of the story, don't screw with a mountain man's dog. Now, I'm not saying that I would do the same thing if similar happened to me, but I'll tell you what, if I was a neighbor, I certainly wouldn't have seen anything as well. This next story is, Town forced a bulldoze new development after building on land they don't own. Hi Reddit, I've got one gem of a story that my grandfather told me about his hometown after he came home from World War II. It has to do with a tree framer, a corrupt mayor, and over 20 homes getting bulldozed. Enjoy! 
At the end of World War II, thousands of troops were heading home. Starting new families and wanting to move out of the city, there was a major housing boom all around the country. People couldn't move out of the cities fast enough, and developers could not build homes fast enough. There was a ton of money to be made in the construction business, which led to some underhanded building practices. One such building practice was starting construction before the land acquisition was finalized. Enter my grandfather, G. After serving as a pilot during the war, he came home to a very different town. When my grandfather went off to fight in 1942, the town that he described leaving was tired and worn down. But to his amazement, the town he saw stepping off the train in 1948 was anything but. Newly paved roads, a traffic light, and new homes. New homes that just went on and on. He actually got lost on his way back to the family farm due to the new main town road being rerouted while he was away. But what took him by surprise the most was the new development being built on his childhood friend John's tree farm. This was surprising to him, mainly because he knew how much the farm meant to John and his family. The farm went back at least two generations, but my grandfather just guessed that the developer made John's family an offer too good to refuse. However, that thought was shot down later that evening during his welcome home dinner back home. It was my great-grandmother who tipped him off that something was off. He couldn't recall exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of, Oh, I just wish John was still alive to be here. My grandfather nearly choked, not because of the news, but because John was not dead. He was still in Hawaii. My grandfather had gotten a postcard from him not but four days before. Turns out while John was off in the Navy fighting in the Pacific Theater, John's dad had suffered a stroke and passed away, and his mother passed away less than a week later from a broken heart. More than likely, John was never informed of their passing, and now 20-plus homes were being built on their land. My grandfather about ran out of the house, jumped in his father's Model T, and raced down into town to send one bombshell of a telegraph to John in Hawaii. John, your folks passed farm now being built on come quick grandfather my grandfather never got a response back he figures that john must have fainted from shock then jumped up and ran to the navy base to get on the first boat home because he was back home in less than four days and he was mad according to my grandfather when he burst through the doors of the mayor's office Everyone in the room looked like they were about to drop dead. The poor desk clerk was fumbling over his words, trying to talk to John. Then, the mayor came out of his office to see what all the commotion was about. As soon as he saw John, he went white as a sheet, then ran back into his office and locked the door. Getting nowhere at the mayor's office, John went to the next town over and hired a lawyer. What followed was a seven-year court case that ended in the mayor being sentenced to eight years in jail and the developer going bankrupt. Turns out that after John's parents passed away, John wasn't able to be contacted for some reason and was just assumed dead. So when an out-of-state developer wanted to build homes in the area, the mayor just permitted them to start building on John's farm for a hefty kickback, of course. Also, because of John's lawsuit, the developer couldn't finish the pre-sold homes, which ended up in more lawsuits. In the end, the mayor and the developer and the town ended up having to pay John close to $45,000 total, which is over $750,000 today. And then the farm had to be returned to its prior condition. To say John was happy would be a vast understatement. Today, John's tree farm is a nature reserve, 
and the story of the corrupted mayor is all but forgotten except for by a few locals. John passed away in 1999. My grandfather has been back to his hometown a few times to visit his grave and to check on the old tree farm. Thanks for reading, sorry if it reads rough, writing is not my strong point, but this tale of revenge was just too good not to post. Thanks. Well, first of all, I think OP's trying to fish for compliments because the story was obviously written really well. I just can't imagine the mix of emotions John had all in the one second. As soon as that telegraph came through, hey, your parents are gone, they're building on your land. Like the absolute lows and then an upsurge of just pure fury. Our next story is, fire me for speaking up, enjoy going out of business. Many years ago, I worked at an automotive repair shop that was owned by a very nasty person. This person actually had two shops that he ran, and the best way I can describe him was as a tyrant. Both shops had cameras, and he would watch us work from the comfort of his home. If he saw something he didn't like, such as taking a five-minute smoke break, or not sweeping for half a minute during downtime, or if he just wanted to bust balls, he would call the shop and harass us, or better yet, at times, show up and harass us in person. In addition, he would regularly berate us for no reason, threaten to not pay us because the shops weren't busy, and would have an absolute meltdown if you dared question his authority. It was spectacular in the worst of ways. After working for him for a few months and dealing with his shenanigans and getting sick of pointless arguments with him, I started reconsidering my employment there. Around the same time, the owner decided to move me from one shop to the other, really for no reason other than likely to try to push me out, as that was what he did with the few people that I'd already worked with. Odd coincidence being that I'd not discussed my thoughts of leaving with anyone, but I digress. I genuinely disliked the idea of working at this other shop. It was older and a bit run down, plus it was in a pretty terrible area with high crime, but I wanted to line something up elsewhere before I jumped ship, so I made the move. This is where the beginning of the end started for old Mr. Owner. Once I got settled into the new shop, I got talking with my fellow technicians. As it turns out, the owner was unsurprisingly a racist scumbag, and every single one of the employees at this location aside from me was African American. I'll spare you the details, but let's just say it's a miracle that the owner came into the shop, said what he said, and walked out breathing. In addition, he would regularly send people home with no pay for the day, just to be a butt. This went on for a few weeks, him coming by, being nasty to all of us, and I was over it and was just about to leave as I'd lined up other employment. The other techs were also over it. I went to give the owner my two-week notice via phone, discreetly, which I should have known wasn't a great idea, and instead of discussing it like a human, he decided to come down and talk face to face. Well, our friend was so incensed that I put my notice in that he forced me to clock out and go home, and also forced two other techs who decided to stand up for me to do the same. I decided that I had enough of this guy's crap, and that not only did he deserve to have some kind of reciprocation against him, but the other techs deserved better than to continually be walked on. So I filed a complaint with the Department of Labor and outlined everything. Within days, they had launched an investigation, And of course, the owner found out who filed the complaint and called the shop and gave me heck about it, stupidly because the phones he had were on recorded lines. Guess who I had a request to listen to that conversation? In the end, I was terminated by him prior to my two weeks being up, as were the two techs who stood behind me. I filed for unemployment, which he fought me on by filing appeals with a judge, 
then not showing up three times in a row. This prompted the judge to bar him from requesting appeals against me and granting me full unemployment pay. Months later, I got a written letter from him extending an apology and an offer to work for him again. Two months later, I got a letter from the Department of Labor saying that the investigation was closed and that he had been found guilty of multiple charges and was barred from operating a shop or any other business in the state for several years. Absolute justice was served in this situation. This guy deserved every ounce of it and quite possibly even more. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.